Galatians chapter 6, my subject this morning is the freedom to truly give. Paul's overall theme throughout this letter has been clear, and I have tried to consistently focus on it, that in Christ we are free. Our standing before God is by faith in Jesus. It's not based on works. It's not based on keeping certain codes. It's not based on fitting in with certain groups. It's not based on following certain traditions. It is completely based on placing our total faith in him, in trusting Jesus, for as we've sung, for who you are. We are who we are because of what Jesus did and provides for our lives. And it needs to be clear. Not only are you a whole new person when you come to Jesus, but you are a new whole person. Jesus makes you whole. Now, there are days we don't feel all that together. There are days we don't feel complete in ourselves. But when we stand before God in our daily standing before God, he has not only made you new, he has made you whole. So when we get this deep in our hearts and in our thinking, so much of life's weight should be lifted. You look around us today and there are just so many people who it's clear, they're not even doing a really good job at hiding it, that they're walking around with so much weight, so much baggage, so many, what's the theological term I've used? Stuff. Things that they are carrying as they try to continue each and every day to just make it. But Jesus has a better way for them. They don't have to live with the stress of today. They don't have to live with the stress from yesterday. They don't have to live with the stress that may come or may not come tomorrow. In Jesus, we can have true wholeness and one of those benefits is peace. Galatians chapter 6, I will begin reading in verse number 6. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. See with what large letters I have written to you, and with my own hand, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised. Only, they, only that they may not suffer, suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me 
and I to the world. For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. For now on let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, be with your spirit. And the church said, Amen. So much to unpack here, but I want to start with verse number 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those in the household of faith. Now, wait a minute, Paul. You have just spilled a whole lot of ink, making it clear that our standing before God, that our depth and reality of our Christian faith is not based on keeping certain codes, is not based on following certain religious practices or traditions, but it's based on faith in Jesus, and that's true. But this is not an, um, an encouragement to do something, nor is the freedom we have in Jesus an encouragement or a license to do nothing. Here he makes it clear that whenever we have the opportunity, whenever we have the option that comes our way, whenever the moment is available to us, do good things. Just want to be clear here. The why we do good things is not to earn points. It's not to increase your standing. The reason we're doing good things to others and for others is because of the love and blessings and favor that Jesus has shown to you. Not to gain any of that love, not to gain any of that peace, not to gain any blessings. So many people, in fact, so many Christians have the idea, well, if I do good to others, it'll come back to me. That's not faith, that's a deal. That I give to others and therefore, God owes me. I've said that many times. God owes us nothing. But we're not making deals with God. We're reacting out of the abundance of what God has done for us. You see, when you base your standing or position on your own efforts, it usually leads. Now, people's personalities are different. But it usually leads to this human quality that so many have called boasting. People like to brag, don't they? Now, some will call it, well, I'm just sharing. But you get a group of people who have, and all of them have grandchildren, and all of a sudden, the sharing starts. And it's good to want to share with other people. But we live in a culture that is keen on one-upsmanship. It is focused on trying to show you how good I am, how wonderful I am. Now, of course, God, God favors me. And that's what people think. Look all I've done for him. Why wouldn't God favor me? Or some will say or think, God's really lucky to have me on his team. What a blessing it is to him. 
Where would the church that I attend be if I wasn't so faithful? Isn't this new carpet nice? Good thing I'm faithful in giving or we wouldn't have it. When the new pastor came, others may have left, but I remained faithful and stayed. Now let me be clear. I know very few Christians who are foolish enough to say any of these things out loud. But I do know some. But Paul is clear. I don't boast in any of these things. I boast only in the cross of Jesus Christ. In him crucified. Which means I remember that I am part of the reason he was on the cross. I remember I am part of the reason that his blood had to be spilled. When it comes to your standing before Jesus, Paul says circumcision or uncircumcision means nothing. Giving faithful or not giving faithfully from the standpoint of standing before God means nothing. Attending church regularly or not attending regularly as far as your standing before God means nothing. Being pleased with your new pastor or not being pleased with a new pastor means nothing. Now, please, let me encourage you. Please continue to faithfully attend. Please continue to faithfully give. And please continue to like your new pastor. But when it comes to boasting, I will boast only in the cross of Jesus Christ. Knowing that the cross is an offense to the world. They don't get it. And it's not just that they don't understand it. It's an offense to them. People don't get the cross. They don't understand, as the hymn writer said, the wondrous attraction that we see and that it holds for us. People don't realize what was gained at Calvary, what we needed and what was provided in that one solitary sacrifice. People don't realize that without that cross, we would still be lost. And people don't realize just how much love, how much love was demonstrated by that single act. That's what I boast in. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows God. That I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the nice things you have. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful in a chosen career. And there's nothing wrong with understanding and being pleased with the success you've been able to content, um, able to uh, attain. But when it comes to our standing before God, how many years you've been faithful on your job is not going to matter. When it comes to our standing before the Lord, all of these earthly things are going to pass away. What did you do with Jesus? I am not going to boast in my, accomplishments, in, in my accomplishments. I am not going to boast in how much money I have. I'm not going to boast in how much influence I have. I'm not going to boast in how many people listen to me. 
I will boast in the blessing that God gives to me that I can know him and I can walk with him and that he wants to walk with me. And not only to know him, but to keep on knowing him more and more each day. You see, so many in our culture, they boast in so many things. Many of the things they boast in, they had no control over. It just kind of, that's what, how it happened. There's this boasting and pride in their gender, whether it be a man or a woman. You realize you had absolutely nothing to do with that. People will boast and be proud in their ethnicity or their nationality or whether or not they're a good parent or a good friend or what is the, probably the most prevalent in our culture today, they'll boast in just how good they look. Now, admittedly, you're all gorgeous. Got a smile out of most of you. You're all absolutely good looking, but you realize when you stand before God, there's not going to be a photo shoot. You're not going to be standing before God, and there's not going to be a line for those who really look good and those who are just okay and those that we need to pray for. I'm not going to boast in having the type of personality or the type of personal drive that I can do anything I set my mind to. All admirable qualities. But when we stand before Jesus, the thing I boast in is in his cross and what it meant to me. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Jesus Christ, and have no confidence in the flesh. Ours is a culture today that is fixated on having confidence in the flesh. And if it's not having confidence in our own flesh, it's finding someone else, following them, letting them be the leader of, a of one tribe or another, and having confidence in their flesh. I have confidence in the cross of Jesus Christ and him alone. Romans chapter 2, verse 29. For he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, who praise God, who, whose praise is not from men, but from God. We live, most people live for praise of other people today. They live for the adulation and the attention of others. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 32, 31, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Pastor, you have a fine family. Thanks be to God. Pastor, you look like you're doing well. Thanks be to God. Pastor, God has blessed you in your secular career. Thanks be to God. I remember when I got my first job for a major company. It was one of the at the time, what was one of the big eight accounting firms many, many years ago. They had very strict stipulations of who they hired, even in their IT department. You had to have a bachelor's degree. It had to have come from a significantly high-rated four-year institution because they wanted a certain type of people. And you had to have experience in the field that you were being hired for. And when I got hired by that accounting firm, I had an associate's degree. I had absolutely little or no experience 
in the field I was being put in. And my associate's degree was from a local community college. And God made a way. God makes a way. I didn't need the applause of men. I didn't need the requirements of man to be fulfilled. I left my life, my then career, in God's hands. And God can bless you and work in your life in the exact same way. There are so many godly principles linked only to boasting in the Lord. But the one that I want to highlight in today's message is not just the futility of it or the foolishness of it, but boasting in anything else, boasting in the flesh, boasting in the applause of other people, that is bondage. It is bondage because when you don't get it, and if that's all you want, you are in this state where you now have to try and get it. You have to work for it. That is bondage. Boasting in Jesus' love and blessings, that is freedom because he freely gives it. I have been freed from being driven by the approval of others. I'm not really sure what some of the guys on my current job think about me. Other than that, he's a nice guy, but he's strange. Because when certain people in the management infrastructure of our department say things or express how important something is, I take it to heart and I move accordingly. They, on the other hand, what does the Bible call it? They tremble. I got to get this done because manager so-and-so said something or the director said this. Yeah, we'll get it done, but we've got to get a couple of things done. No, 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 you don't understand. We could get in trouble. Calm down. <laughs> I don't, I never have, nor will I ever believe that stress and fear are motivations to, pro to being productive. That makes no sense to me. I am not driven by the approval of others. I don't need someone to come on behind me, pat me on the back, and say, good job. I like when it happens, but I'm going to do a good job either way. I am freed from the approval of others. I am also freed from the criticism of others. I don't think you did a good job there. Okay, opinion noted. I happen to think I did. Well, I think you were a little off on that message, Pastor. Hmm, okay. You want to sit down and study it together? And you can tell me where I'm off, because I'm sure that's what you want to do. You tell me where I'm off, or just tell me off. No, I don't, I don't have time for that, but it just didn't feel right. Oh, so what you're saying is not that I, did, I was off on the message, is that you felt conviction. That usually ends the conversation. I am not driven by the criticism of others, and neither do you have to be. That is bondage. It's bondage. I am not, I have been freed from the need to make a certain impression. I want to make a good one. I want to 
be able to bridge a gap, especially in those first impressions. But we live in a culture today that is so fixated on the wrong things. Unlike what the scriptures teach in the Old Testament, they focus on the outward appearance and don't give any attention to what's in the heart. God is the opposite. He looks past what's on the outward appearance and he focuses on what's in your heart. I have been freed from what others think about me. Now, I would love to be able to tell you that the reason that came about in my life is because of my walk with the Lord and his impression in me and the times we spend in prayer and my quiet times with him, but none of that would be true. This grew in me as I officiated football and baseball. Because I was often in situations where people would tell me right to my face what they thought of me. How blind they thought I was. How incompetent they thought I was. And I had to learn quickly. I don't really care what you think. This sporting event is not taking into account what you think. I'll never forget one situation. I, I, was, I usually just stay quiet when a coach started yelling at me. But he was yelling at me from the, he was coaching third base and I was behind the plate. And the pitcher threw a pitch and I called it a ball. And he said really loud for everyone to hear. You ever notice when people express their opinions, the volume goes up? They never express it quietly. Gee, I don't know, Ump. That looked like a strike to me. And I don't know what got into me. I looked at him and said, gee, coach, I don't recall the rule book saying that the third base coach calls balls and strikes. And everyone kind of got real quiet. Well, it was a strike in my opinion. And I don't, again, I don't know what got into me. Well, gee, coach, I don't recall the rule book saying that the opinion of the third base coach matters at all. And then we went on. Now, that was a isolated situation. But how many people are just governed by what other people think about them? Their lives are controlled. They find this bondage on them. God wants to set you free. God wants you to be able to walk. And if you're going to be concerned with what anybody thinks of you, let it be what Jesus thinks of you. He thinks you're precious. He thinks you're special. You are the apple of his eye. Someone may come up to you, even a family member who you have had and been close to for many, many years, and they may all of a sudden, because of a season of life they are going through, they may say, I don't think much of you, but you can come confidently and know deep in your heart, yeah, but my Jesus thinks the world of me. He died for me. That's freedom. I still remember that, Coach. And this freedom gives us power. How many know those who are in bondage have no power? You're being controlled by others. But freedom gives power. The power to do what? Verse 10. The power to be able to give to others and do good to all. 
You see, if people are doing good because they're expecting in return, beyond the deal they're trying to make, that's bondage. And it's seen quickly when they don't get in return, they stop giving. Then there were conditions to it. But when we give from the freedom that Jesus gives, it doesn't matter if the good ever comes back to me because Jesus has already overflowed my cup and overflowed my life. It would take me the rest of my life to give to everybody I ever meet, and still I would need to give more. That's freedom. I don't give to get. I give because I've been given to. I've been filled with his love. I've been filled with his power. His Holy Spirit resides in my heart. That gives me freedom and freedom to give even to those who are not nice to me. The freedom to give even to those who are mean to me. I don't do for others so I can get back from them. I do because of what Jesus did for me. And this applies to boasting on the inside as well as on the outside. Because even though you may have the power to maintain all of these thoughts and no one ever knows them, how many know God hears them? How many know God is aware of what the different rules are in your own heart? And it's good that we're going over this before, months before we enter the most wonderful time of the year. The holiday season, Christmas. When, of course... Everyone gifts, gives gifts expecting nothing in return. And I know that's not true because if you ever go to a gathering and you have a gift for someone else, their immediate response, sadly, is not thank you. Their immediate response is, oh, I didn't get anything for you. Why does that matter? It shouldn't matter. God has given much to me, and I still can't get enough for him. Verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. We give out of the abundance of our hearts. We do good for others out of the abundance of our hearts. We love on others. Even those who may not be the most lovable within our own social construct and definitions. Out of the abundance of our hearts. And for those who will follow this practice, for those who will live in this freedom, for those who will walk in this way, Paul says in verse 16, peace and mercy be upon you. Anybody here could use a little more peace in your life? Now, here's the tough one to admit. Could anyone here use a little bit more mercy in your life? See, mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting something you don't deserve, like the goodness of God. But mercy is not getting the retribution and the consequences that our sinful lives do deserve. And he is saying, peace and mercy be upon you. Realize that you are highly favored, and whether you feel it or not, the fact, the reality, is that you stand clean before Jesus. You know, one of the reasons why this whole letter came about and Paul wanted to write to the churches in Galatia 
was over this issue of circumcision and over this issue we saw in chapter 2 of Peter sitting to eat with the Gentiles because they were considered unclean until they would be circumcised. But Peter should have remembered his encounter with Cornelius in the chapter before where God made it clear to him, do not call unclean what I have called clean. You are clean before Jesus. You are completely whole before Jesus because of what he did and because you trust in him and him alone. So I invite all of us to experience the freedom this mindset brings to life, a freedom that turns and blesses others, a freedom that is giving whether I get or not, doing things for others from a mindset and a heart filled with peace and mercy. Stand with me, please.